Hello and welcome to The Lyle Shelton Show. Wherever you're watching or listening on the podcast, it's great to have your company. A little later in the show, I'll update you on the legal action that two LGBTIQA plus drag queens have brought against me uh, as part of the rainbow political movement's quest to suppress free speech in our nation. I'll also share with you some of the incredible feedback that I continue to get from my new book, I kid you not, Notes from 20 Years in the Trenches of the Culture Wars. But first, I want to delve into the US election. I think it's incredibly important that one topic normally ignored by the political class has found itself front and centre. Stick around. Well, two weeks ago, Donald Trump accepted the Republican Party's nomination in a speech in front of the White House. Whatever you think of Trump, he paints a starkly different vision for the United States' future than his Democratic rival, Joe Biden. On probably the most important social justice issue of our day, human rights for the unborn and the right of women to be free from coercion to have abortions from men, there is night and day between the two parties and their lead candidates. Here's what Trump said during his acceptance speech. Joe Biden claims he has empathy for the vulnerable, yet the party he leads supports the extreme late-term abortion of defenseless babies right up until the moment of birth. Democrat leaders talk about moral decency, but they have no problem with stopping a baby's beating heart in the ninth month of pregnancy. Democrat politicians refuse to protect innocent life, and then they lecture us about morality and saving America's soul. Tonight, we proudly declare that all children, born and unborn, have a God-given right to life. Now, despite the denials of Joe Biden and his campaign team, every word that Trump said here is true. And if you thought abortion to birth is for the only in America file, think again. Victoria, Tasmania, Queensland and now New South Wales all allow abortion to birth even when there is a healthy mother and a healthy baby. Not that killing disabled babies uh, who are unborn should ever be okay. There are no limits, although here in Queensland, the LNP, uh, which is running at the October 31 Queensland election, uh, on a promise to review the gestational limits at which abortion can occur. Now, this is a welcome move. But back to the US election race. While always a supporter of abortion and by extension, the policy's complicity with allowing men to coerce women to kill their unborn babies, Joe Biden had always opposed federal taxpayers' money being used to fund abortion. Known in America as the Hyde Amendment, this law prohibits taxpayer-funded dollars from funding abortions. But last year, he backflipped. If I believe health care is a right as I do, I can no longer support an amendment that makes that right dependent on someone's zip code. Now, while many Republicans also support abortion, and let's be very clear, Trump is not promising to abolish abortion. There is now no room in the Democratic Party for pro-life people. It's a similar story here in Australia with the Labor Party. You can be pro-life in Labor, but you have no hope of winding abortion back. Labor is now too far gone, as are the Democrats in America. I've been mentioning abortion coercion. This is abortion's dirty little secret. 
Despite efforts to make it illegal, Australia's abortion extremists in the recent Queensland and New South Wales debates refused amendments which would stop men from pressuring women to kill their unborn babies. The extremists say it doesn't happen. But it's worth hearing from the girlfriend of rugby league star Tim Simona. In tears, Jayataki tells her story of how Simona coerced her to kill her unborn baby. I was told things like, how could you ruin my life like this? Why would you bring a child into this world when it's unwanted by the father? And this child will haunt me. After weeks of enduring this and not knowing what to do, it ultimately led me to booking an abortion. As I was to eventually find out, domestic violence and abortion are very closely linked. And stories such as mine were more common than we would ever think. Now she's one of the most courageous women in this nation. And it's mothers like her that we need to fight for. So is Trump truly a conviction politician when it comes to human rights for the unborn and support for mothers? Or is he just cynically uh, trying to manipulate the votes of a key constituency, the Christian constituency? It's difficult to know for sure. Maybe he's just using Christians as useful idiots to gain power. Certainly the respected British commentator and Christian Peter Hitchens thinks so. I heard him say this on a recent Zoom conference call that I was a part of last week. There is no doubt in my mind that Trump's running mate Mike Pence is the real deal. He spent last week meeting with pro-life groups in key swing states where the issue of human rights for the unborn could prove decisive in helping the Trump campaign to four more years in the White House. Trump is the first US president to attend the annual March for Life in Washington, DC. Pro-life presidents uh, like Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush, uh, they were too afraid to even attend this march and their advisors told them not to go for fear of a media backlash and that of the left. But Trump is unconventional and he's fearless. Last week, Trump issued a signed letter to America's pro-life movement outlining what he would do in a second term for the unborn and their mothers. It's worth reading uh, an excerpt from this letter. Bear with me. This is what Trump says. As I seek re-election this November, I need your help in contrasting my bold pro-life leadership with Joe Biden's abortion extremism. The Democratic Party unequivocally supports abortion on demand up until the moment of birth and even infanticide. And that's true. Uh, leaving babies to die after failed abortions. Joe Biden's embrace of this extreme position is most evidenced by his support for taxpayer funding of abortion on demand. Forcing taxpayers to pay for abortions is an abhorrent position that must be defeated at the ballot box. Joe Biden has doubled down on these positions with his selection of abortion extremist Kamala Harris as his running mate. With your help, I will win re-election, ensuring that we have another four years to fight in the trenches for unborn children and their mothers. That's quite a striking uh, commitment. Now, even if Trump is cynically manipulating a key constituency, in doing so, he is allowing light to shine in a very dark part of our public policy. As I said earlier, Trump is not promising to abolish abortion. That would take a great change in the hearts of people to give up something which over decades has become entrenched in our culture. Here's what he promised in the letter. He said he'll keep appointing pro-life judges. Uh, and this is something he's got a great track record of doing in his first term. And this is important in a country like America, which gives, in my view, too much power to 
its judiciary. Remember that abortion, like gay marriage, didn't occur democratically. Uh, abortion was legislated from the bench in the, in the US Supreme Court in the famous or infamous Roe versus Wade case back in 1973. Uh, um, Trump is saying that he will support in his second term a pain-capable unborn child protection act. Think about the title there. Now that would certainly stop a great many abortions because the science is clear. Uh, unborn babies feel pain from at least 20 weeks and many scientists would say from a much earlier stage of gestation. Trump will also demand an end to the practice of leaving babies born alive after botched abortions to die. Now this sounds incredible that uh, we're even talking about this but believe me it occurs and as many people will be surprised to know it actually occurs here in Australia as well. Uh, I detail this in my book I kid you not, notes from 20 years in the trenches of the culture war. Uh, this sort of extreme example of what's going on in our society is one of the reasons for the title. Uh, I tell in the book how two courageous Australian parliamentarians, uh, one in Queensland here, Dr Mark Robinson of the LNP and Nick Goiran in Western Australia of the Liberal Party have tried to expose this in their respective parliaments. They've given facts and figures and yet we are not moved with compassion. The media largely ignores this grisly practice. But Trump's saying he's going to stop this if he wins a second term to the White House. He's also pledged to strip the abortion industry uh, giant, Planned Parenthood, of its tax dollars. Now this is really important because Planned Parenthood was caught out a number of years ago uh, by the whistleblower David Daleiden in some uh, fantastic citizen journalism work where he secretly record recorded Planned Parenthood executives uh, selling uh, unborn baby parts, mutilated parts uh, from abortion uh, to medical research. And uh, Kamala Harris, Biden's running mate, uh, the then Attorney General of California, led the charge in prosecuting Daleiden, the whistleblower, for exposing this evil. So this is what we are dealing with in this presidential race. Now, while I greatly respect Peter Hitchens, I do think that Trump is genuine about these policy initiatives. That's my opinion. Uh, no other American president has moved the ball this far forward in the pro-life debate. And there is no doubt, as I said earlier, that Mike Pence is the real deal. Even just legitimising the issue by putting it in the spotlight of a presidential election contest so that there can be informed discussion is an achievement in and of itself. The more people who know about abortion, the harder it is to keep propping up this house of cards. I look forward to the day when we have leaders here in Australia who will say the things that Trump and Pence have said and say them publicly. The left never rest in their advocacy. Neither should the mainstream, but sadly we are asleep and our leaders are afraid. Of course, there are many other important issues at stake in this upcoming presidential election. But it's absolutely right that so much attention be given to the most vulnerable in our society. Now, many of you will know that two LGBTIQA plus drag queens, political activists, are taking me to the Queensland Civil and Administrative Tribunal. QCAT is a quasi-court uh, with the power to fine me. 
I had hoped the LGBTIQA plus activists might drop their action after uh, conciliation failed in the Queensland Human Rights Commission three weeks ago. But sadly, they are determined not to debate, but to litigate. They are cashed up with taxpayers' money in their war chest. The LGBT Legal Service, which is representing my accusers, received $400,000 from the pockets of Queensland taxpayers over the past three financial years. My lawyers, the Human Rights Law Alliance, receive no public money and I'm having to crowdfund my legal defence. I'm advised the QCAT process could cost anywhere between sixty dollars and $100,000. My crime was to write a blog in January asserting that drag queens are dangerous role models for children. I stand by that post and I will not be changing it. I believe in free speech and the right to speak up for protecting the innocence of children. Nothing I said in that post was unreasonable, but no reasoned rebuttal has been made. LGBTIQA plus activists don't need to debate. Our politicians have given them a privileged status in law, which allows them just to launch litigation instead of engaging in public discourse. The discussion is over. What I respectfully submitted to the Queensland Human Rights Commission conciliation process was completely ignored. Sadly, our anti-discrimination laws are rigged against free speech, allowing offended parties to conflate reasonable debate with subjective words written into these flawed laws, words like vilify. The purpose is to shut down debate. Mine is a freedom of speech case which affects every Australian who thought that this basic human right was already enshrined in our nation. And if we can't speak up for the innocence of children, what sort of society have we become? Sadly, free speech has been undermined by years of political activism by rainbow radicals who do not share mainstream views about freedom, diversity and tolerance. How our nation came to this is beyond comprehension. Australians thought the same-sex marriage debate was about love is love, if only it was. As we said during the 2017 marriage plebiscite, Australia was in reality voting in a referendum on the future of freedom of speech and radical LGBTIQA plus indoctrination of children. The day will come when Australians wake up and realise they were used to further much more radical agendas. It is now over to politicians to defang anti-discrimination laws and abolish so-called human rights commissions so free speech and common sense can be restored. In the meantime, I want to thank so many of you who have donated to my Legal Defence Fund. You have made me and my family feel that we are not alone in this battle. This is much bigger than me. It is a battle for free speech for all Australians. Well, thanks again for tuning into The Lyle Shelton Show. Before I go, just a quick reminder about my book, I Kid You Not, Notes from 20 Years in the Trenches of the Culture Wars. The feedback I continue to get encourages me to keep promoting it. Here's what Mike from Brisbane said in an email just last week. Finished reading your book. My personal reflections were, one, how uninformed I have been, mostly due to my only source, the daily media. As a long-time supporter, I, of course, received excellent material from the ACL. It's the Australian Christian Lobby. Uh, two, I gained a, a better appreciation of the serious gravity of the world we now live in and the issues that need to be addressed and safeguarded against. 
the scarcity of courageous and principled leaders in all levels of our so-called democracy. Uh, three, the huge void of men to push back on these issues is alarming, not to mention the church leadership. I found reading the book compelling, I couldn't put it down. You are to be congratulated on your easily readable literary style and supporting text references, which I referred to and checked during my journey through the pages. Thank you for writing the book. Its contents need to be read and known by the quiet church-going Australians as well as the thinking man in the street. Not sure there are too many left. Ain't that the truth? Thanks, Mike. Well, make sure you get your copy of the book. You can get it at lyleshelton.com.au. Thanks again for watching the show or for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate your support. Until next week, God bless. The Lyle Shelton Show is a production of The Good Source, hosted by Lyle Shelton. To watch, listen to, or read more content without the SJW PC fact filter, visit goodsource.news. Good, S-A-U-C-E dot news. Become a Good Source supporter for exclusive access to live and unedited interview recordings, including the conversations before and after the show.